Hello and welcome to Las Blancas podcast. I am your host Yash Thakur and today we are here to discuss Real Madrid's game in the Copa de la Reina against Villarreal. Now we we have spoken about this about how Barcelona's disqualification from this tournament makes us one of the favorites in this tournament and gives us a real shot at a trophy under the Real Madrid banner so that would be pretty big to win the first trophy and that would give that would push the club in the right direction and give us a major boost that is necessary uh, for the club and we were up against Villarreal and the game before we get into the game today uh, i'm joined by kanita to discuss this game as always and we are going to break the game down for you we are going to underline the major themes the game ended with a 2-1 win for real madrid it wasn't as straightforward at times but by the end of the game one could say that real madrid were comfortable uh, real madrid should have won that game comfortably and despite a little hiccup in between i think we did pretty well throughout the game uh, we'll get into that but uh, before we do that how you doing kanita and how did you feel after that win and the qualification for the next round and what do you make of uh, us having a real shot at at a trophy this season wow okay that, that was uh, quite a game to be honest like i did not expect for that game to go into extra time i wasn't prepared to watch 120 minutes against vrl but you know you know there's that that's i guess but uh, i guess this is how this club um, makes things more dramatic and like more emotional you know because oh we finally have a a good shot at a trophy you know as a new team it matters a lot to us and everything so um they wanted to make it more interesting you know that that that's what this club does and yeah i mean considering absolutely all factors that were well in this game and around this game um yeah, i i'm really pumped but uh, only after the game like during the first 90 minutes i wasn't so yeah um let's get into it as a famous real madrid tripit winning manager would say we have to suffer sometimes which is which has become a common theme and a long standing identity with the club now in in these sort of knockout games so we did suffer fans always suffer in these sort of situation but the end product was the end result was actually a happy ending so all that ends well is well so whatever <laughs> let's get into the game as you said let's begin by looking at the lineup so last time out we we addressed the missing players we had kathleen who was injured in during the international break we had rocio who has picked up a mysterious injury that we know nothing about and is out uh, of the squad we have we had toletti who had rolled uh, her ankle during the international break and we anticipated that she would be out for longer 
but Toletti was back in the squad for this one, which is a big boost because as we've mentioned before, uh, before we went into the international break, Toletti was in a splendid form. She was involved in every single phase. She was contributing in every possible way a midfielder could. And we really need her in that midfield and in this game as well when she came on, when she was introduced, how that impacted the game, how her individual performance was. Uh, it was clear that that's a player who is in a rich vein of form and who is incredibly valuable to the squad. So Toletti was back. We still had no news on Rocio or Kathleen's uh, availability. So the centre-back pairing was again Ivana and Claudio Florentino. Olga was once again available after missing out the previous game due to uh, an accumulation of yellow cards, if I'm not wrong. Uh, so let's get into the lineup. The lineup went Misa in goal, Kenti, Claudia, Ivana and Savava as the back four with a double pivot of Tere and Zoranosa and a front and a front four of Olga, Veer, Athenea and Esther. Pretty standard lineup. No real complaints because as we have uh, addressed already, the centre back pairing we don't have any other choice for that position because both Rocio and Kathleen are out. Uh, who are the first choice uh, centre back pairing in in that case? They are both out. So Ivana and Claudia again, and we have discussed how that pairing works, how their individual defensive uh, nuances come into play when playing as a duo, and how that affects the team. We had Olga back uh, at left wing, so we were again going to see that sort of dynamic uh, on the left flank where Ol between Olga and Savava, so that was interesting. And a double pivot of Tere and Zornosa. Now this is pretty much, I think, what would be the Gala eleven if if the centre-back pairing was there, because I think this is what, uh, with probably Toletti inserted into the midfield instead of one of the two uh, in the double pivot but yeah apart from that i don't have any uh, real complaints yeah i mean i can argue that maybe lucia should be getting more minutes but we know that uh, she isn't favored uh, and kenti when available uh, is played and plus this was a big game so maybe that factored into it with Kenty starting a big game over uh, Lucia again, but we know that Lucia is down the pecking order in that position, which uh, which is debatable, which we can argue against. But yeah, Kenty started at right back, but apart from that, I don't have any real complaints. Uh, what did you make of the lineup, and did you have any any suggestion about what we could have done better, or any changes that you would have made to the starting lineup? Uh, neglecting the result and how it all panned out did you like the lineup and or did you think it needed changes um i mean i would say one thing opposite of what you said and it's the only complaint i had was the left flank um because i don't think that this lineup is a star lineup as long as um that flank left flank is like that because uh, we discussed this already, how um, Olga should be left, you know, should be left back and have a, a left wing because of their um, abilities and what they're better at and everything. But 
for some reason Taril has it has never occurred to him to switch them or something. So that that was uh, that's always my main worry when I see those two together. Um, I mean, I guess it does make sense because uh, well, it, nothing happened to Olga that she was um, out last. Uh, last game she was just suspended due to card accumulation so you know she was good to go but we don't know what happened to Fela so sure I mean it um, would make uh, would make sense that she doesn't start you know her first game back um, that she would get in uh, later and everything like uh, we only had one fit winger and yeah I mean makes sense but again like I, I'm always worried about our left flank when I see those two. But yeah, aside from that, it was pretty much ex expected. And I mean, after the last game, I wasn't even worried about the center backs. Uh, I mean, I've seen what they can do. I mean, I, I've seen Florentino playing a good game last uh, last week. And yeah, wasn't worried about that, just the left flank. So. Yeah, uh, I think they kind of proved my point during the game, even. So, yeah. Okay, so getting into the game, I think tactically speaking, we all have come to a point where we know what we are going to get from this uh, this sort of lineup. 4-2-3-1, we are playing in a sort of free role. She is given the freedom to be wherever she wants to be. She comes deep. She links play. She operates from the half spaces on both the sides. She makes uh, darting runs into the box to, uh, you know, crashes the box really well and uh, creates chances as well. So we know what we are going to get. We have wingers who, we have wingers in Athenea and Olga who are both probably going to provide some width uh, especially Athenea who is going to hold hold width on the right hand side then we have uh, in the double pivot we'll probably have one of the midfielders pushing up likely Zoranosa in this case so we know what we are going to get from this and it wasn't really a surprise about what happened on the pitch Villarreal were set up in a sort of 5-4-1 so there wasn't as much space to like exploit and the way they were not pressing uh, us immediately from from the from the get-go from the time where the center backs had the ball it meant that we were we would have to have more number of bodies in between their midfield and defensive lines and try to manipulate that and try to disrupt that sort of organization to uh, create any sort of chances but in this game, we uh, took on a different approach. Like we resorted to long balls and runs into the channel by different players. So the reason I say that is uh, our first big chance of the game in, in the first half comes in twenty third minute. Uh, sorry, comes in the uh, comes in the fourteenth minute actually, where we have. Uh, Claudia Florentino uh, picking up the ball. She she is in she has space and time uh, on her hand because uh, Villarreal are not pressing down the center back, so they are providing them time. They are forcing them to go wide, and that's where they try to suffocate and win the ball. Especially one thing I observed from them was uh, 
the pressing trigger from them a lot of times was Sophie Savava either playing a pass or receiving the ball and they would just hunt her down and uh, try to close it down and win the ball or uh, put it out for a throw in or something so what we did was with with the center backs having the time and and the space there we resorted to having them exploit that sort of long ball ability that we have so in the previous game as well we discussed both the center backs uh, like ivana we know she is decent on the ball uh, she is good on the ball and uh, claudia as well she is very vertical in possession whenever she gets the opportunity to she is always looking to make those forward passes and here as well in the 14th minute we see that she has time she has space she carries the ball a little forward and then plays a long ball in behind the defensive line and this is where like ester is uh, ester now since they have three center backs uh, in the 5-4-1 villarreal ester moves uh, away from the middle center back and makes a run between the uh, right center back and the center uh, central center back in order to receive that ball she does really well to receive it and uh, it's saved by the by the goalkeeper really well that could have been 1-0 to real madrid inside first 15 minutes but this constant of uh, trying to play long balls from different sort of uh, starting position during a build up phase and trying to find that run in behind was a common theme throughout the game i think we saw uh we saw savava from the left playing a curling ball in behind for the run of of one of the strikers we saw we saw the same thing from uh we saw the same thing from one of the midfielders like tere or zornosa playing the long ball or uh, ivana distributing the ball towards uh, olga on the on the left and that is how we were trying to like create chances a lot because as i said the 541 did not allow for a lot of space and they were trying to cramp us if we went uh, went out wide so it left a few avenues but we were we quickly got comfortable in using long balls as as the solution i particularly do not agree with that a lot because yes in the 14th minute it worked we had a we had a chance we had a big chance probably and but the thing is uh, long balls are not always like very efficient because you need a execution and you need a run to match as well so there are a lot of factors in pulling off that sort of uh, technique or you need somebody who can like bring the ball down who can serve as that sort of outlet now while esther can do that she isn't really uh, an out to out outlet uh, in terms of that but yeah that seemed to be our approach for for large parts uh, what did you make of uh, the long ball approach did you think it was successful in this game uh, are you particularly in favor of us doing this despite us having some really good midfielders in possession uh, or do you think it's a it's a waste of uh, the potential that this team has so yeah the that long ball you mentioned in 14th minute that was one of the rare very very rare successful ones that you know um the player in front would actually manage to control it easily and uh, actually create that danger you know and later after this one chance uh, uh, 
the longbows kept coming and they usually kept coming to Esther. <laughs> Uh, I don't think there were many when she was out, but, um, I, I don't know. I mean, every time there's a game, uh, like this, like a game like this, meaning a game where we just try a lot of, uh, random long balls and random crosses, it's just too annoying for, for me because the whole game would just be a series of, um, you know, similar attempts basically. And this is what happened. I mean, um, some games we usually um, uh, like repeat two or three same patterns, which um, if if one of these patterns uh, is the long balls, then the other patterns are annoying as well. Like uh, another uh, another one was um, so in the second minute we could have seen Atenea doing her dribble, and she actually did it. Uh, very well. She went from the sidelines and she went uh, all the way through the goal line and uh, wanted to pass back. I think um, I think Esther was there in the middle of the box, but you know she was blocked. Uh, typical Tanya thing to do, but she went very far with that. She was just blocked in the last minute, and then after that, Olga saw that from her. So then we had that pattern repeating from both sides. You know, from both of our wingers. So that was uh, another annoying thing that I'm um, talking about here. But um, I, I don't know. I, I don't see these long balls uh, really doing doing us a favor. <laughs> I don't know. We just kept doing them. It, it yeah, like one once the first time it looks hopeful. You know, like it could be something. Uh, but then, you know, it was a good save, as you mentioned, so. Um, but after that, they just kept coming. It's like, oh, it's, it was a lucky save or something. I don't know what they thought. I don't know what Kuril thought, so. Uh, but every time this happens in the game, uh, I just know that it's going to be an annoying game. It's a long game, and it was a long game. So, I mean, I think they kind of sentenced us to a 120-minute game by just doing that all over again. And... I also mentioned like with the long balls come crosses as well, obviously. And many, many, many random crosses came from Olga, like many random crosses. But the first cross, the first good cross I remember in the game was actually by Esther in the 32nd minute. And it almost reached Weir, but it was uh, barely blocked. So that was the best attempt at the cross we had. And there was also one more that I remember in the second half. That's, that's it for the entire 90 minutes that I remember of the good crosses. So, yeah, annoying, like I said. I think part of the reason it's annoying is also because long balls, if they are unsuccessful, immediately result in a changeover in possession. And that means a lack of control. And it, the game doesn't just, the game just doesn't look tidy, uh, I would say. But yeah. So that was a common theme and it just kept happening in in different sort of uh, with different sort of point of uh, initiation for these long balls. We had center backs doing them. We had one of the midfielders drifting wide doing them. We had full backs doing them. So yeah, it was there. It, it was a common theme, but I don't know. It, was, it doesn't seem like a sound strategy to me when you have players like Tere, you have players like Zornosa, you have players like Weir, you have Toletti, you have 
Maite on the bench. You have all these players who are excellent, excellent ball players, and we'll talk about how the when the subs happened late on in in the added extra time, how things started to flow much, much better, uh, and we had a much uh, better control towards the end of the game. But uh, getting moving forwards in the game, I think another major point of discussion was our corner routine in this game. I think it was a major source of threat creation for us because uh, if if I get ahead of myself and point it out, the first goal came uh, from a corner situation. It stemmed from it, although it wasn't a directly a goal from a corner, but uh, it came from the second phase of, of a corner and we had some pretty interesting corner deliveries. We had some pretty interesting corner routines as well in this game, which... Uh, which is important moving forwards because having a sort of set piece weapon in your uh, repertoire in these sort of knockout games is very important because if you are unable to break an opposition from open play you can always uh, hurt them using set pieces or using corners just dead ball situations can give you an advantage in these sort of competitions and it's important so the our first like real uh, good chance from a corner came in the 23rd minute when uh, Zornosa took the corner from from the right hand side uh, of our attack so she took the corner the first time she took the corner it was cleared uh, because it was directly going in and the uh, one of the players headed it out for another corner the second time around it was an interesting delivery because uh, it was taken short and we have discussed this and we have mentioned this on the pod as well that we have a habit of playing the corner short and short corners are uh, how do you say it like short corners are very difficult to judge because at some point you think uh, on one hand you think that it allows you to have greater control on how the next play plays out because you can control possession and you can create uh, chances from it because if if you take a direct corner and uh, you don't win the first header the other team is set up in a very good position to like then uh, try and hurt you on the break unless you have some sort of really good rest defense structure which we don't that uh, short corner takes that away because it gives you immediate control about how you want to proceed with that possession but it's also an ineffective way because what if you are not able to get a good cross in uh, that chance just goes to waste so yeah it's it's the success rate on on short corners is is something that is up for uh, debate but teams uh, are adapting this uh, in women's football in in a, in a greater like tactical scheme around 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 the world at the moment so that was there so we took a short corner there now what this did was uh, since we took a short corner the we didn't immediately put put a cross in and since the pass was played a little back the entire defensive uh, structure of Villarreal had to uh, like stepped up a little bit and having a different sort of point of crossing into into the box with the defensive line of the opposition team moving forwards you can target areas at the back post really well with this 
and that is what we did uh, with the corner in the 23rd minute we targeted the area at the far post uh, at, at the back post and the reason this works is because once the defensive line starts to move forwards and you are putting the ball in behind them the defenders will have to readjust and move back and try to take the header even if they win the first header it it's likely not going to have a uh, have very good contact or very good power in in those headers so you can potentially get a good second ball chance inside the box and it's obviously difficult to play a clearing header while having to move backwards and that puts the defense uh, under under threat and you can have players like Esther if you have players uh, who are very aware in the box who can target that sort of back post area you can get a free chance as well and that is what uh, happened here but nothing uh, resulted in it it didn't result in a direct goal or something but this was this is going to be very important moving forward when we discuss uh, some other big chances and the reason i i say it is in the 33rd minute just before we score a goal there is uh, another corner there we have another short corner taken we have another same thing from same thing the cross comes in from a different point uh, a different release point difficult to defend for the defense that is moving out and trying to like close down the distance between the ball and the uh, and the opposition they are trying to close that down not provide us time and that leaves space uh, that leaves space on the far post for your striker to attack the attack the delivery and that is what happened here again nothing came off of it it goes out for a corner again and from that corner we score because uh, in the 34th minute we open the scoring via esther but it it comes from a corner situation again this time it's taken directly it's cleared it falls for uh, it falls for tere uh, just outside the edge of the box she takes a great shot it hits the post esther is always there aware we have spoken about her awareness inside the box in these sort of situation ready to pounce on any sort of second ball or loose balls and she does that and real madrid are leading in the 34th minute thanks to esther thanks to our ability from the corner to constantly threaten and thanks to uh, teres shot one thing of note there is when teres takes the shot you should see how esther quickly turns towards the goal as soon as the shot goes by her uh, that is something that these are like this tiny tiny things that allow her to get those sort of tap in situations that we talk about on those second on those loose balls in the box because these sort of situations underline or highlight her awareness in in these situations and it is very important you have to gain any any sort of micro advantage you can or set yourself up in a better way to be able to capitalize on on a potential you know parry uh, a poor parry from the keeper or a bad save or a bad touch from anyone and esther does that really well so thanks to her we we lead in 34th minute and the whole sort of threat uh, for that goal is generated from a corner situation again so corners were pretty big in this game 
and I've been speaking for a while. Uh, I'll hand it over to you, Kanita. And what what did you make of our corner strategy in this game? And what did you make of the first goal from Esther there? Uh, so the thing is that last time we played Villarreal, uh, we also played them away. And, you know, it was a league game and all. But last time we played Villarreal, we scored two goals uh, out of four that we scored. We scored them from the short corners. But it wasn't the same exact thing that they did yesterday. They, it's uh, like... Last time it was like uh, Weir and Atenea uh, at the corner, like at the corner flag, and it was very, very short. <laughs> so basically, it's just one um, getting the ball to the other and letting her cross. Basically, that that's the uh, tactic. But uh, in this game, it was more like um, pass it a bit back and um, like to place the ball for it to you know the the cross would come easily more easily because you know you don't have to curve it as much and so you know that that was you know basically what we did last time was a much shorter board corner you know and it was a repeating pattern like we uh, we talked about it and i know uh, that because i remember strictly uh, our first goal that we scored at game was rocio uh rocio's header but that um she had two more attempts before that like the exact same corner strategy everything two two same attempts uh with rocio and then she finally scored a third one so, I mean, it was kind of given that we would uh, score in this repeating pattern because it was uh, obvious that they were going for this uh, tactic, you know, on, on the corner. And honestly, I'm I'm glad to see uh, this short corner tactic coming back because uh, I see with Torel, sometimes he tries some things and then they work and then he just stops uh reinforcing them for some reason like this short corner strategy that i mentioned what happened last time uh i don't think that we ever saw it again after that game i think that that was one game and one game before that one that we saw that exact tactic and then we never saw it again i don't remember it being a repeating pattern in any other game and then i'm really happy that at least in this game uh, we got to see it in some form you know like i said it's not the same exact thing but uh you know uh, they're trying and they uh actually managed to you know uh, get that ball inside and uh you know it was it ended up as a rebound goal but you know it came it started from a corner from this exact tactic so i mean a goal is a goal uh, from short corner i guess i I don't know. Uh, it's just that when you have a star there, uh, and if there is a chance of a rebound, I mean, she will, she will put it in. It's just normal. <laughs> um, but yeah, also that strike by Tere that she did was pretty neat. Uh, <laughs> it just I kind of feel sorry there for the goalkeeper because it bounced off the post and then off of the goalkeeper and. Uh, the goalkeeper just didn't even have time to comprehend where the ball was. Uh, just uh, instead immediately put it inside. And yeah, um, 
but yeah, I mean, I am really glad to see that uh, tactic kind of sort of coming back. I hope to see it again another game, at least in some form, uh, because um, I used to say like, okay, short corners is a no-no for me if, because I don't know, they just didn't work. You know, I mentioned this last VRL game where they worked, and from then on, I've been pro short corners, but then I've never seen them since, and then now again. So, yeah, happy. And, um, yeah, and we have some tough games this March, so I hope that uh, I see them more in the very like, harder games, like, you know, like not these ones where we do long passes all the time. So, yeah yeah glad you mentioned it because i vividly remember you being very anti-short corners so yeah it was it was uh, it did work and there were some pretty neat moments late on in the game as well from short corners and we'll discuss that as we move forwards so that was it for the first half uh in the second half we see we see a similar sort of thing happening again. We see those long balls. And now the way we the way we had lined up, the way we were set up with Savava at left back, Olga at, at as the left winger. There was an uh, element of uh, like I don't know, it was probably like tactical bit that was happening there, the way we were playing. During build-up, we would have uh, Savava push really high up and Olga would, as a result, move slightly inwards. And then we would have one of the midfielders dropping on the outside of the centre-backs to help facilitate our build-up uh, from the back. And that really helped when, when we made the subs and there were some changes that really helped us. Uh, and it made us better in ways it facilitated more it gave us more sort of uh, options to to you know find our way up the pitch into the final third and that was that was really nice to see uh, so in the 67th minute we make first changes of the game we have Sandy Toletti and Linda Caicedo coming on for Zornosa and Olga and the reason I mentioned this uh, whole Savava pushing up uh, very high uh, during the build-up phase and Olga coming inside a little bit to facilitate that now this entire thing started working a lot better with Toletti and uh, Linda Caicedo in the, in the lineup because as we uh, as we briefly touched upon Linda's strength and where she likes to play, how she likes to play, we mentioned that Kaisedo likes to start on the on the left flank and likes to operate from those half space areas. So she likes to come inside, uh, like that is her natural tendency. Whereas for Olga, it, it it varies. She likes to carry the ball. She's more of a ball carrier, direct ball carrier in behind, and that doesn't really complement Savava and Olga together those traits don't really mix well and that is why we have often had an argument about the synergy between those two on the left flank and why it's not the best but here now the things changed because Linda 
having a proclivity to operate from those half spaces easily facilitates and vacates the space for Savava to run onto and uh, provide that sort of bombing run on the overlap. Toiletti being Toiletti is everywhere. She drops deep to facilitate that sort of upward uh, forward movement from Savava during buildup and things just started clicking uh, after this sub. We had Kaisedo immediately doing her thing immediately coming inside and we had now now we had two sort of free tens uh, in the lineup with Weir doing her thing from the right half space Linda Kaisedo free flowing uh, just floating across the width of the pitch and operating from wherever the ball is providing support showcasing her quick feet and we looked a little bit better in, in possession now there, there would be another significant up upgrade uh, in the added extra time when we make more changes but after the introduction of Linda and Toiletti I think we were looking much better then we then we make another change in the 74th minute we take off Esther who had a decent game I would say like she was the thing with Esther and Weir playing together is they have that sort of synergy they understand each other pretty well as a part of a front two. So when whenever like Esther is dropping off, Weir makes sure to be that central presence and make the run in behind in that space. When Weir is dropping off, Esther is always there to like provide support and uh, make the right run. Could have ha had one goal, could have had another goal from that long ball, from uh, chances from those short corners that were played at the far post. So. I think Esther had a good game as always like we always get a baseline sort of performance from her irrespective of of the result or the uh, or the scoreline and which is really nice because she offers a lot on the ball she offers a lot off the ball with the pressing as well now with Feller on we had a different sort of uh, striker uh, at our hands we had somebody who works extremely hard of the ball who is really quick who has that sort of understanding and understanding of the timing of the runs in behind we had a different sort of number nine who can now stretch the back line and hence provide us opportunities to get the ball into the box and involve other players who uh, now we had Toletti as well on the pitch so we had one another player who can make those sort of darting runs into the box so we had options now on the pitch to try and disrupt and uh, actually disrupt the opposition's uh, defensive organization the, that compact 5-4-1 block that we have been talking about so that was really nice to see but what happens in the 77th minute we concede and it's not like Villarreal were creating a lot of chances. It's not like they were constantly threatening us or creating a lot of opportunities and we were surviving on uh, on closed line. It, it, there was nothing like that. But in the 77th minute, their number 15, their left wing back, Francisca Lara, Lara, and this is not the Chilean. Uh, this is the Chilean. She's also Chilean, but she's not. 
there's a different Francis Calara as well. That is what I want to say. <laughs> uh, she gets the ball in. Ivana tries to clear the ball. And unfortunately, her touch takes the ball into our own net. And that goes as an... That was a pretty bad own goal to concede. Uh, just, you know, when you are 15 minutes away from winning the game and sealing the deal in, in 90 minutes. Does not happen. And there was a lot of like... Uh, when I woke up in the morning and I checked Twitter... There was a lot of uh, commotion around that uh, own goal. I think, yeah, it's obviously it it stinks that uh, the way we conceded a goal is was via uh, via an own goal. Obviously, doesn't feel good, but I think overall, using that one incident to sort of cloud what how Ivana actually played in that game it seems a pretty. Seems pretty harsh to me. Ivana, for me, had a good game. She stepped up at the right moment. She, whenever, because the way Villarreal were playing, they weren't like building out the back really sli- uh, with slick passing or anything. They were going long. They would, even if they don't win the first ball, they were trying to win the second ball. And then they would have uh, somebody from the far side make a run in behind and play the long ball in behind to uh, try to hurt us. Ivana was always sticking close to the outlet, not allowing them to turn. She was stepping up really well. Her passing was decent. There were a couple of misplaced passes here and there, but overall it wasn't a bad performance, I would say, ignoring that sort of own goal situation. And I think, yes, the own goal is obviously bad, but it's not like a horrendous mistake where there's a communication error or something like that. She tries to clear the ball. And with the ball coming in that way, and whenever a defender tries to attempt that sort of uh, that sort of clearance, it always has the risk of hitting the wrong spot on the leg and going into the back of the net. And that is what happened here. It's really unfortunate. Obviously, not uh, trying to justify that it's the it, it was right or it's all right, but there needs to be some nuance around that discussion it wasn't uh, a horrendous mistake or anything it, these things happen and it happened here so yeah i think ivana overall had a good game for me but yeah what what did you make of that mistake by ivana what did you make of the subs that we made uh, especially the toletti and linda caicedo double change in the in the 67th minute that we made and what did you make of the uh, overall like performance and the noise around Ivana's performance in this game? Yeah, well, let's first start from the subs. Uh, like, you know, <laughs> let's go with the flow. Um, so the first sub, I mean, um, I already mentioned that Olga kept doing some random stuff uh, and that I was begging for her and Sveva to switch um, because, well, yeah, <laughs> I just feel like Sveva does more concrete stuff in attack. But yeah, uh, anyway, ultimately, uh, Olga was subbed out uh, in 
the seventh minute and yeah i mean it was for linda right so uh, i'm i was very happy to see linda getting 23 minutes i mean she she got 30 more minutes but you know we didn't know it at the time <laughs> and yeah i mean i'm happy that we, uh, she got that many when we were like one nil up and the game wasn't really going that smoothly because we had a lot of problems um bursting into their box and everything uh so you know it was her moment to shine to show herself and i'm um you know that was her debut in copa de la reina and her second ever match for real madrid so yeah uh 23 minutes very good uh but for i'm happy uh, i was happy to see toletti back of course but i just didn't see the need for sonosa substitution to be honest i didn't I mean, I can't really talk much about her performance because I haven't really noticed her. I can't say if she's bad or good, but uh, Toletti being subbed on surely made the difference, which I can't really describe. You will describe it much better how she did, honestly. <laughs> but um, I know the vibe was better, you know? That, that's, that's what I know. <laughs> but yeah. And this this also meant like Sveva being more, um, it, especially with Fela on later on with the second sub uh, instead of um, Esther, like Sveva being more uh, having this uh, more of an attacking role, uh, like more of a free role to go. Uh, obviously, she was still left back, but you know she was more free to move around to go into a, in attack because um, Linda like was everywhere, you know, which which is really good. Uh, but yeah, she was everywhere, and that really made uh, let Svava do her thing as well. Uh, I mean. Yeah, I saw Fela coming on and I anticipated that it would be Esther. Um, I wasn't complaining about her performance at all. She helped a lot and uh, like you already described it, so I won't even, um, I won't be repeating it. But yeah, I mean, this sub was made and unfortunately, four minutes after it, we conceded own goal, uh, which is really... I don't know. People exaggerate a lot uh, whenever an own goal happens. Uh, I think it's I, I, I don't know. It, it's hot, It's very easy, especially when it's a center back, uh, to just blame it all on her because it was really hard one to save. I mean, uh, she had she had a player right behind her, uh, like making this uh sliding tackle sort of entrance you know so yeah i don't know she she was under a lot of pressure and she she was at this kind of angle that was really hard to push the ball to the side and everything it's it just very unfortunate it was a good cross by their number 15 um and i mean what else can i say but i just I just feel like um, I just didn't feel like watching another thirty minutes. That's that's what I thought at the time. Um, the thing is, not even like uh, until the ninetieth minute, until the uh, you know full time whistle. 
I didn't really see Villarreal doing anything concrete. I just saw them pressing and, uh, you know, trying to push us. Uh, but we still created a couple of chances later on. And um, it just got a bit feisty after this because, you know, um, with, well, we, with Barcelona out, I think every club right now wants it as badly as we do, you know. And it just gets really feisty when there's still a chance, you know, to make these things right. So, yeah, there were a lot of shirt pulling and stuff, like a lot of fouls, uh, some fouls that, in my opinion, should have been yellows as well. But eh, who cares at this point? <laughs> um, but yeah, just. An unfortunate own goal, and unfortunate that we gave them this goal, because, like I said, I didn't, I can't really name a concrete action they did around this time, like even after it, or in the second half in total. Like I can't remember one chance that they did, um, but yeah, they did cause this problem, like I said, in, when we were attacking. So, yeah. Uh, 12 minutes before the end and it wasn't looking like we would score again and unfortunately I was uh, right but I mean it would be very fortunate that I was right later on but you know uh, let's get into it later yeah and uh, obviously the game was pretty late for me so it was a 1.30am kickoff <laughs> And we almost like survived it in the in in normal time. We are almost scored from a cutback uh, towards the end of the game, and we had another chance on corner uh, in the ninetieth minute, eighty-nine, ninetieth minute. Nothing came off, and we were off into thirty extra minutes, and. We had options on the bench. We had options who could change the game. We had Maite and Naikari and that is what exactly happened. We brought on Maite and Naikari to replace Tere and Atenea. And now things were uh, very different because our entire front four except for Veer had changed. We had Maite in the lineup now as well. We had different sort of wide players now we had Feller and Linda Caicedo on either flanks both very different from Olga and Atenea uh, from the two wingers that we started the game with so we knew that there would be a change in dynamic Maite replaced Tere as the deepest midfielder we know how Maite interprets that role we know how Maite likes to constantly link play constantly be uh, you know in the right place receiving then quickly spreading it out quickly moving into space to receive the ball back again so she's always passing and moving passing and moving and that is what we saw from her as soon as she came on alongside Toletti alongside Caroline Weir and Linda Caicedo who is also a ball heavy player we started to see a lot more fluidity. We started to see a lot more conviction in our possession. We started to control the game much better. We started to create better opportunities after they uh, came on. And this leads us on to a couple of points that 
are worth mentioning. Let's start with something positive. We saw this in the last game as well. Uh, Linda Caicedo and Naikari were on the pitch again at the same time. And we saw this in the previous game when Linda came on. When uh, That these two are starting to develop some sort of synergy already. Uh, we saw that in this game too. We saw some very good combination play between the two in the previous game as well. Naikari almost assisted Linda uh, for her first goal. And we saw a couple of times where they again linked very well. So we are already starting to see this sort of uh, synergy between these two and which would be massive for us because even if they are not uh, starting on the regular, having these two players to be on the bench, to come off the bench, offer something completely different from what Esther and somebody like uh, Olga would, would offer is really immense for Real Madrid moving forward because it gives us different ways to break down the team and hurt them when the legs are gone and everything towards the end of 15, like 15-20 minutes. We can hurt teams now. We have those sort of options now. And that was that is something that, that I'm really intrigued to see how it develops because two games on with very limited very small sample size for the two i i'm pretty happy with what i'm seeing on the pitch and that's the sign of two very good players you know quickly getting on each other's uh, understanding each other's wavelength and uh, operating on the same so that's that's really nice to see and before we move on to something that particularly left a bad taste in my mouth i would first like to get your opinion on what what do you make of this developing synergy between Linda Caicedo and Naikari we know you loved uh, one of them so how how are you feeling about this sort of uh, connection or link developing between them we know we know you like one of them <laughs> what what does that mean <laughs> i mean come on um but yeah, uh, it, 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 I'm really happy to see this because in the first six minutes um, with Naikari on pitch, we've seen uh, her and Linda connecting so beautifully on the left side and um, like twice in the first six minutes and creating these chances, which didn't end in goals, obviously, but uh, it was just a beautiful starts of the chance and we've seen one of them last time as you said like in the first minute of them playing together so I mean I don't know what to say I'm happy to see this <laughs> um I mean I'm already impressed by how Linda plays and everything so I'm really see I'm, re I'm really happy to see these two working out uh but yeah the with these two subs that came on um so basically at this point we had a, um, a totally renewed um attack right like we uh like in 67th month we had the first sub and since then um like from like 23 minutes ago we had a completely new um attack like Atenea is out Olga is out Esther was out 
and you know now we have Linda we have Fela two very energetic very uh, fast players and now with um like Arion, fresh like you know number nine and we have uh, Maite who is very known for her um moving the ball fast and you know just uh, creating these actions out of nowhere and seeing uh, the passes like so easily, and you know, alongside with Weir because you know we we played whole 120 minutes, but Weir is Weir, and I think she got used to it. So, so all all of them side with Weir, and it was it was a very energetic 30 minutes, you know. Uh, the entire time, uh, the extra time, just they brought this new atmosphere, uh, which I loved, honestly. And uh, while I'm still talking about the very beginning of the extra time, uh, I just uh, want to say, because uh, you you mentioned, uh, well, we have mentioned centre-backs and Claudia Florentino, and um, she had a great game. She had a great 90 minutes. She had uh so the next minutes as well but she didn't do much more uh, so yeah before that she uh, she played 90 minutes and she was great and it's her birthday today so happy birthday to claudia florentino and also it's a double birthday with uh naikari has a birthday too so uh, i'm really happy that those two played a great game uh you know they basically 30 minutes before their birthday. So happy birthday to both of them. And I'm happy the team won and I'm happy that they played well. And I'm happy that everyone is happy for them. So yeah, I just all have happiness around here. Uh, so yeah, that's what I have to say. And yeah, Linda Naikari, I, re- I really, really hope that Toril sees this. Like, you know, we talked about this when we talked about the minutes that one of them is getting. So I really hope that he sees this and that he um, notices it. Yeah, we have a double birthday in Real Madrid. So yeah, happy birthday to Naikari and Claudia Florentino. If you guys are listening to it, feliz cumpleaños <laughs> to, to the both of you. And yeah. So these are all like happy things. But one thing that was deeply bothering me while watching the game and then re-watching it again was the fact that the commentator constantly kept mistake mistaking identity between uh, Linda and Feller. And I don't know how that happens. It happens once if the camera angle is all panned out wide or something, I can get it. But on all the instances that it happened, I don't think anybody watching the game could take one for the other there because number one, the jersey numbers are completely different. Number two, their body structures are completely different. So I don't know when it's your job to be taking out uh, you know having the right pronunciation for the player names calling the player rights stating facts about them and you know in general commentating on a game I think this is a very basic requirement that you identify the players correctly at least and this 
it's also shocking to me how this only happens with black players. I it was very disturbing to listen on the, on the during the match and after it as well. So I don't know. It just it just reeks of uh, a subconscious sort of racism where you're trying actively to hide it but it surfaces somehow because that is what it is i don't know if it's a cultural thing or whatever i don't yeah spain has a big problem with racism and everything it's deep rooted in in uh, in their culture and sometimes that makes it difficult for them to uh, distinguish or you know distinguish between between things and what is wrong and what is right at times because that's the culture around them but i think being a commentator commentating uh, commentating on global games uh, like these uh, i think you should be doing better when when you are being heard by millions of people on the regular and if it happened once okay you can let it slide yeah it happened once maybe the camera angle wasn't right maybe you didn't have the right view that's fine but it kept happening over and over again and at that point you have to question what was going on in the head of that man um, and yeah it's it just a very very bad look it leaves a really sour taste in in, in the mouth and it, the fact that it only happens with two black players and for the rest of the players you never confuse their identity even if they have like similar builds uh, built uh, it's it's it, it's really bad i mean i was pretty frustrated i don't know if you have anything to add on that or if you want to share your thoughts you can uh, yeah uh yeah you said it uh, already and while i was watching it it was it really bothered me when i rewatched it i just muted it so i don't uh, focus on that again uh but yeah i had the same thought while i was watching it just disappointing uh just the best word to describe it is disappointing and um actually we'll get to it a, a little bit later but i love that the celebration of the winner uh was followed by a dance which is all uh, already very uh iconic with this whole uh you know fight against racism in the in spain and the spanish media around the footballers and yeah yeah so you have already uh foreshadowed the winner and the celebration so let's let's try to move towards the the winner that came in the 100th minute but before that in the 99th minute we had a sort of uh, scare from villarreal where they had a uh, a very good chance where ivana Ivana was sticking close to one of the outlets that Villarreal have and like we have mentioned before that Villarreal were trying to like not they were not playing sort of slick passing moves or whatever they were trying to go direct they were trying to either win the first contact if not win the second one and then have the uh, far far side runners make the run in behind and play them with a the ball over the top that is what they were trying to do and here when when the outlet was about to receive the ball 
Ivana being Ivana and her style of defending she's she likes to stick close with the with the attacker so she was sticking close and we didn't win the first contact the second ball fell for Villarreal the far sided player made a really good run in the channel between uh, Kenty and uh, Claudia Florentino Florentino did not have any clue about the run in the channel and that could have proved dangerous had uh, Kenty not been uh, attentive to it so yeah that happened just a minute later we see a really good uh, team goal we had Veer receive the ball from Claudia Florentino Claudia again very vertical in her passing receive uh, Veer receives the ball holds off multiple challenges displaying her press resistance plays a, a ball laterally for Maite who is pushing up Maite receives plays a darting incisive ball in behind for Savava who is bombing forwards Savava may, receives the ball plays a great cutback Linda who is making the run into the box meets it and it's a near post finish from from her really good goal there uh, if you notice like Naikari as well Naikari is quickly moving towards the near post yeah she made the run with the intention of getting on the ball but when she saw the ball was going behind her she dragged the defender uh, along with her and that left space for Linda Caicedo to attack attack in and here the awareness that Caicedo has displayed multiple times during this game you know we discussed this while analyzing her in the previous part as well she's very aware spatially she knows what sort of runs to make and that for an 18 year old to have that is what makes her such a world-class potential talent we have a gold on our hand we have we have diamond on our hand like i'm not even kidding when i say this guys we have to cherish every single thing she does here because we don't know what the future holds there will there were teams that were in for her there will be teams that will be in for her in a few years time as well at 18 she's holding off challenges she's making the right run she has the explosiveness she has the dribbling ability she understands spaces really well she understands positioning really well this is a world-class potential talent and she's already making a difference for us she could have scored in the first game as well. She has finally opened her account in just her second game. And not just any goal. A goal that puts us into the next round in a competition that we have a realistic chance of winning. So she has that clutch gene that uh, that we also mentioned in the previous part. Like she has that big game gene. She has that leadership quality within her. And at just 18, it's also showing with the senior team. So couldn't be more happier for her she's just an amazing amazing player so yeah any other comments you have on the goal the celebration you have already mentioned you can take us off uh, from there so yeah that was uh, that was actually uh, like you mentioned very brilliant team goals <laughs> um, but what uh, just quickly before you before I just 
come back to this. Uh, you mentioned that one chance minute late, a minute earlier, and there was uh, another chance by us. Uh, like I think the same minute, uh, and it was a weird chance. Uh, I think it came from a uh, throw in, and uh, like Fella was fouled, but it wasn't called a foul. But we got it, and then from uh, she shot instead of. I don't know. She shot from the side and uh, it went over. Um, Naikari was open in front of the goal, so she kind of just complained that she didn't get the ball. Um, it, you know, since the ball went over, that's why she was pissed. But yeah, I mean, a minute later, then uh, we got this goal. I mean, in the first 10 minutes of this extra time, we've seen a brilliant display of. Well, everything like I, I I mentioned that energy was so good in the uh, extra time. Like we had a brand new attack at this point and the brand new energy, and they brought it to the game. And I mean, ten minutes in, uh, there's this beautiful team goal, and that ended up with uh, Linda's finish, uh, which is very poetic, in my opinion, and. Yeah, I mean, uh, with also the dance. I mean, she's a very known v uh, Vinny fan. Uh, so she did this dance uh, to celebrate her first goal for Real Madrid, which is also the winner that uh, gets us to the semifinals of Copa de la Reina. And uh, it's just poetic, honestly, uh, poetic. I'm happy for Linda. I mean, everyone there was happy for her. Uh, you can see it in the replay. Uh, firstly, as as you see the ball going in, and Naikari makes a turn and just uh, jumps from happiness, and then everyone goes around Linda. Uh, she make she does her little dance, and Sveva is right there, you know, waiting for her to finish her dance, and then she hugs her. It's just so cute, and everyone comes to uh, hug her, and you know, um, everyone is happy for you know the win and for Linda. Uh, um, but you no, know, in the remaining what five minutes of that first part of the extra time, we were like a bit more relaxed because in this first ten minutes, you could see that uh, we were moving the ball really fast, like you know, uh, from the side to side to see where uh, wh where is it open to move forward and. Uh, and it's really good that we had this combination of players that play like it, like all of them, just Fela, Linda, Naikari, uh, Maite, Weir, they all move the ball very fast. Uh, and it's just very good to t see that dynamic. But the last five minutes of that first part were, you know, a bit chill because, you know, we just scored. We just, we have this lead. So let's just uh, save this energy, even though, you know, we had a pretty fresh squad at this point. Uh, let's just save this energy for five minutes and just finish it. So it was just um, keeping control of it. Uh, and I think in the very last second of that first part, um, we made make a make an error in defense. Uh, we just it, it was a goal kick for us and it was just 
very badly executed like no one got the ball it was just going from head to head and then uh florentino made a mistake in with her header so she lost the ball and i don't know one of them one of the vrl players got the ball and almost got it inside but it went over she, she tried to chip it but uh, ivana and florentino were around her and they were uh they were distracting her as well so um that was also a bit of a heart attack because we could have conceded there uh you know after wanting to finish this first part um on the good note you know we just had the, the winner goal and yeah but uh i'll leave the rest up to you um i just say that the rest <laughs> rest of the game the last 15 minutes um well there was a lot like there was i think it uh, there could could have been two fights breaking and like it, it was so funny at this point um everyone was uh tired and um done with it that viral were nervous because you know they were losing so yeah just um finished off i guess yeah so immediately after we we went in lead in the in the hundred minute in the hundred and second minute we had weird cheekily uh, making a nutmeg on on one of the players and that really set them off <laughs> they because it was called back uh, earlier and uh, we are just cheekily made a nutmeg on one of their players and that really angered them for some reason and I mean I understand why it would but yeah that was pretty uh, funny to see <laughs> Uh, we are playing a sort of anti-hero role there. But yeah, uh, 105th minute, as you mentioned, a big uh, error from Claudia could have proved costly. Uh, but then we survived that somehow. And that is the thing, like with Claudia, she wants to be aggressive. She wants to uh, play those sort of vertical balls. But the execution at times is a little lacking, uh, which is okay. Uh, her overall performance was decent for me. She uh, did the right things a lot of times, made some mistakes too. But that is uh, part of the pa- part of the game, I think, because uh, you ha- again adding context to her playing two back-to-back games as starter is coming after a very long time of not playing any minutes of not being starter in any of the games, and that obviously plays a part in how you how match aware you are and then going on to play 120 minutes it obviously takes a toll uh, so yeah it's not easy there there are nuances around that discussion as well but yeah uh, the execution from claudia florentino is at times lacking even when she uh, has played regularly for different teams and even for real madrid at times when she was given a fair bit of minutes on the pitch so there was that and we were into the last 15 minutes of the added extra time and i think this was the best sort of football we played uh, in this whole thing in the in the whole game we we saw immense fluidity we had toletti making those sort of darting runs in the in the 108th minute we had a very good chance with toletti setting up maite for a shot from the edge of the box uh she takes a shot it goes wide nothing comes off but a really slick move where toletti first moves and makes a uh, run into the box receives it quickly turns her body and sets up uh sets up maite at the edge of the box then in the 114th minute now this is 
this chance was I, I was really really impressed with this entire move it it all stemmed from a short corner and this is what i was uh, briefly mentioning when discussing our corner routines and everything this was the perfect sort of uh, amalgamation of what we were trying to do and the perfect like execution of what we were trying to do with the short corners toletti and veer take uh, are there for the short corner veer plays it to toletti we see maite uh, combine for that we see toletti quickly playing it to playing it back for maite we see we are running back to receive it toletti continuing her run inside the box receiving the ball back from uh, from my uh, from veer uh, a really good slick uh, cut back sort of situation a pull back sort of situation pass where she's opened up her body for a cross at the far post but then pulls it back for uh, toletti toletti plays the ball across the goal naikari could have almost scored there uh, very good chance but doesn't uh, capitalize on that but that that whole sequence if you can go back and watch it in the 114th minute that whole sequence is so slick and it involves those three players again veer maite and toletti we have spoken it time and time again we have spoken how having these sort of possession players can inst- just putting them on the pitch together even with no tactical instructions i say these players will be able to generate these sort of situations on a consistent basis that is how that is how capable they are that is how much difference having uh, excellent ball players can have on a team's play and we saw that here even if it didn't result in a in a goal we again saw that in the 120th minute where we just we just like elevated to a different level in this final 15 minutes probably because villa real had got an a bit leggy we had fresh legs we had uh, attacking players coming in the added extra time in uh, in the first half of added extra time maite and naikari both came on that completely changed the momentum we just transcended in this uh, in this final uh, 15 minutes in the 120th minute we could have again scored we hit the post there so looking at the game overall i think we could have won this game 3-1 or 4-1 as well didn't happen but that is what i'm talking about like that is what team selection that is what putting the right players on the pitch that is what trying to maximize our potential in possession can do because this is what what the players are capable of doing this is what sort of players we have to be able to build a good possession structure around and that is what we are not doing and that's a bit frustrating but i don't know it is what it is if if the thing is even without tactical instructions these players can produce moments like these and that at the end of the day could be the difference in the sort of cup competitions you just put these players give them a little bit uh, 15 to 30 minutes and they'll be the game changes that you want them to be so yeah again it it would be really nice to have a possession structure where these players are utilized and maximized uh, based on their skill set but it is 
what it is and i think everyone should go back and look at that uh, look at that sequence of play in the 114th minute it was uh, really really impressive so yeah anything else you have to add for the final 15 minutes you can do that now or we can uh, wrap it up uh yeah a couple of quick things <laughs> just a couple of th quick things uh actually it's actually crazy how everything that happened in the last 30 minutes like not just the last 15 minutes uh it all came from the subs like the five subs that were made it all came from them uh like uh you hear the protagonism of those five players like um all the time and they just kept the uh, momentum they kept the game moving they just brought whole new atmosphere to it so it was i mean just great vibes to be honest but yeah also that 114th minute uh there was also uh, almost a fight breaking out because um some uh one vieta player pushed naikari from the back and she almost uh started a fight i've never seen her reacting like she she wasn't she's not she's not an angry person it just you, you really have to make her angry to do that so th that was funny in my opinion uh and it was just I mean, as you see, like this, uh, as, as you said, like these last fifteen minutes were just um, the best minutes of the whole game. And I, I just want to add that I call this. I mean, it, we can just call it football champagne. Um, just brilliant connection between everyone. Like uh, it's also very interesting to me how Linda um connected with all of them having played only 15 minutes in the previous game uh before this one and uh, then now playing what 53 minutes in total in this one uh crazy i mean just at this point they just vibes being a natural connection you know and yeah i mean that chance in 120th minute which was literally the last moments of the game it was just it uh the chance started at exactly 120 minutes in 120.00 but the ref uh left it because you know it, uh, the ball kept moving forwards it started with Nekari recovering the ball in our half and then moving the, uh passing it to someone uh, that that ball going through our midfield very quickly to the front uh, where uh, Linda and Naikari were, uh, and then Linda and Naikari uh, combined in front of the box, and then uh, Linda gave it to Weir on the sides, and then um, no, no, not Weir on uh, to Feller on the right wing, and she made that cross to the near post, which you know hit the post, and nothing happened, and that's that's the whistle. So I, I mean. I just wanted to um, explain how that chance went because, you know, it was very smooth, very quick, and it was the last chance of the game. And uh, it had the protagonism of all our subs. So, and I also, <laughs> I also want to add one detail, uh, one more detail. Well, in 116 and 30 seconds, uh you can see Naikari's shoulder pass to Weir. Uh, it was also replayed a couple uh couple of minutes later. So it was a very nice <laughs> detail. Uh and yeah. Um 
again just like last time I, the last 15 minutes of the game were the best the last 30 minutes as well like the first 90 minutes i can even just forget it completely and that it would be nice like just like last game like last 15 minutes were good of the last game and the first 75 were not so uh you know i, I see the pattern i see the pattern uh, i hope it doesn't repeat for much because i cannot keep living like this um just please no not just play football from the beginning please Toril let the vibes be fun from the beginning yeah that that's what I have to say uh what I have to ask of Toril so yeah uh we're through to the semifinals uh we're happy uh with who scored the winner especially and yeah great vibes so yeah let's finish it up all right so that was it uh, we have spoken about everything i i'll share a couple of uh, screen grabs from a couple of sequences that toleti played i think uh, they were really cool so yeah look out for that i i think that is about it i will i'll probably have something in store for you guys in the next uh, in the next two weeks um, so yeah that's that's that uh, a little surprise on the players that we have a little player profile so uh yeah we are into the final four of copa de la reina the remaining clubs are alhama atletico madrid athletic club and real madrid that's the final four it will be interesting and obviously it's it's a big trophy online i think the, there's no chance we win the league obviously we have to focus and try and bring this trophy home now so yeah it would it will be interesting to see how we cope and how we do and how we progress as a team and how we integrate uh, linda kaisedo into the team how we integrate uh, and come up with solutions moving forward so yeah looking forward to it and apart from that i don't think i have anything else to add from the game yeah pretty much it so um i don't know yeah yeah i don't have anything apart from like the fact that one of the center backs from villarreal had a pretty bad game 18 year old uh number five i think she was constantly being targeted by us so that's just a quick note on on her she had a pretty poor game uh she was subbed off as well i think uh, Irene Migueles, uh, yeah, it was a terrible game from her, uh, but she's young, and she was clearly targeted. Like as soon as the ball went to her, we we used her as a, as a trigger at times. Olga pressed up, Savava pressed up, we were closed down, and it was it was bad. She resulted in a lot of turnovers as well. So yeah, that's just a small little detail that i had that i thought was worth mentioning but apart from that nothing else to add as always thank you for listening and we will be back again for the next game until then ala madrid ala madrid